Welcome to Side Effects with an A. When effect is normally used, it's a noun. It's already occurred. Effect is a verb meaning action. Action influences outcomes. I'm Scott McGowan. And I'm Anne Marie Singleton. We will provoke you to think differently. Side Effects, where problems are defined, solutions exposed. Welcome back to Side Effects. I'm Scott McGowan. And I'm Anne Marie Singleton. How are you, Anne? Doing great. How are you today, Scott? Perfect. Excellent. Good. So we're here today to talk about millennials. 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 <clears throat> are those? Is that a snack or? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Like Cheez Its or something like right. that. Right. Yeah. It sounds really. You had some gummy snacks here earlier. I did. That was my lunch. Right. So, no, we're here to talk about millennials in the workforce, young professionals. I think it's you know it's one of the generations. I, quite frankly, they always say it's the most it's the most misunderstood generation. I would agree with that. I would also agree that they talked about my generation the same way, and I would also say they would talk about because we're in. Different... I think we're this. Are we not in the same generation? No. You want to say when you were born? Nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, we're close. Yeah, we're right in the same one. Yeah, Boom. right. Yeah, nineteen sixty five. Okay, so. Right. I mean, they, everybody says something bad about the generation before them, right? The generation after them. Let me get that right. So our parents said bad things about us. You know, they talked about the criticisms. There's some good things. And then we're saying things about the millennials, right? We make some sweeping generalizations about this whole entire population of employees. And they're about 19% of the workforce today. And in just 10 years, we expect that to be 75% of the workforce. So we better understand them really yeah, quick. So what's funny is um, uh, one this podcast, which we've got like, what, six sessions, maybe seven. So thank you to our listeners. Uh, I was sitting at my desk and Matt McNeil came into my office. Matt um, is uh, an employee of McGowan Braybender. We're grateful to have him. And he kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, do you have a minute? You know, and of course, I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I was listening to your podcast and I'm really interested. And I thought he was going to say... Like about what? What what profound thing did I have to say? Or Anne? Oh right. And he said, "No. What I'm what I'd really like to do is I, I I'd like to be a guest on your podcast, and I'd like to talk about my generation and why I love this business so much." Which I was, I mean, I was honestly, I was taken back. I was like, absolutely. Right. Uh, and I think as we start to respond to this generation, I don't think as leaders sometimes we spend enough time understanding this generation. So welcome, Matt. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I work here at McGowan Braybender as a financial analyst, um, born and raised in Dayton, Ohio, uh, went to school at University of Dayton and was fortunate enough to uh, start interning at McGowan Braybender um, my last semester at UD. And I've been working on, on our financial team ever since. Great. Yeah. Now, what year were you born? <laughs> this is going to make This is not human resources, really so I can ask you anything. You can, right. Yes. 1991. Oh, oh my God. Gosh. That feels bad. I had already graduated yes. high school. Yeah. yeah. That's usually the reaction Both that I Both my get. kids were born before that. Uh, well, you're really old. Yeah, I am. I'm older than you. I know. That's never going to change. Yeah. That's amazing. And yeah. look at you, all yeah. grown up. You even have a tie on. I'm like, it just tie. seems like you should be a baby. Big boy world now. That's right. Yeah. So what's really interesting about um, your comment back to us is, um, one, how much, you, um, how, much you, how much you love your job, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, I'm grateful for that. And I know Ann in it as well, and I know all the employees at McGowan Braybender. So kind of unpack for us what attracted you to MB. 
before we talk about what your actual role is. Wait, what'd you study at UD? Uh, I studied finance and operations. Okay, all mm-hmm. right. Business, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, really, no one really knows exactly what they're looking for when they're graduating. They're looking for a job, mostly. Um, I was fortunate enough to kind of already have my feet in the ground at McGowan Braybender. And what really attracted me was the culture, the people. Um, but most of all, and I think this is spread across all millennials in this generation, is we're really attracted to the mission of a company, doing something meaningful, impactful, um, having playing a good role and an important role. Uh, so that was the main driver of, of my decision in joining the MB team. You yeah, know, it's no, go ahead, it's interesting that you say that. As we, Scott and yeah. I were talking to another, another one of your colleagues that would be in your same generation, uh, Jordan, just a little bit ago, and asked her a similar question as we were thinking about what we were going to talk to you about. And she sort of said that same thing. And what strikes me is, as a young person, when I was your age, if I can remember back that far, I'm not sure I was concerned about the mission of the organization I worked for. I mean, I wanted to do good work and I wanted to do something that was fulfilling to me, but those weren't things I thought about. And I think it seems like your generation is much more thoughtful and much more interested in how you fit into the bigger picture in the world. Oh, absolutely. I think um, everyone is just really concerned with tackling the hardest problems and just you can see we have access to the internet where you can see everyone from all ages making all kinds of different impacts. Uh, so that really hits home with us. I thought it was really interesting talking to Jordan and hearing your response. And we didn't ask you anything before no. sitting down because we really we just wanted to have this experience together. Yeah. But uh, is Jordan had the same answer. And so, you know, I don't think you ever thought, gosh, I'm going to go to UD and then I'm going to come and I'm going to work for an insurance firm. No, not like, one bit. Yeah. And Jordan said the same thing. Mm-hmm. But what's really interesting, and I think even your generation is, uh, and what Ann and I learned today on the phone call with Jordan was um, a cause is really important to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm with Ann. It wasn't that important to me. Right. I, I don't think I had enough, I'll call them grown-up thoughts. I mean, I would call that a very grown-up thought. Yeah. And what big, bigger cause than healthcare? So, yeah, we, so yeah. healthcare is seventeen percent of our economy. Yeah. So you talk about jobs, you talk about career paths, uh, and then you know obviously you could be a, a, a trader on Wall Street or a stockbroker in the financial world, mm-hmm. uh, or engineering. But when you have a uh, an economy that controls seventeen percent of the economy, the healthcare economy, and the impact that we can make, I mean, it's tremendous. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think. Um, what I've realized is the healthcare economy hasn't really, the industry over, as a whole, hasn't really had technology influence as much as maybe some other industry. Banking, uh, manufacturing has really all benefited, uh, the internet, web services. Uh, healthcare is a little bit behind, and you know, it, it needs some innovation, needs some different ideas and tools. Uh, so that's a you know, reason what why. What do you I think is so behind? Much. Because old guys like us do it? <laughs> no, I think it, it's such a complex system that, and there's so many different players involved from hospitals, providers, insurance carriers, patients. It's, it becomes very complex to, to scale solutions at, at a big cause. So. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah. yeah. So what do you do here every day at McGowan Bray Bender? Uh, I help... Uh, our clients look at their health plans, see what it benefits them the most, what they want to look for to give their employees. Um, 
and how they can look at ways of reducing their costs. Most employers have noticed that their costs have risen over time. And so we look at different strategies that they can look in place. Most really we look at the data of, of what they are using every, every month and we, we can analyze it over 36 months and see um, where, where their employees are utilize, utilizing their healthcare the most. Um, what diseases, what chronic conditions they have, um, and kind of put in strategies in place. Right. So you work with the financial side. You work in the financial mm-hmm. unit and with the data and the data analytics and the advanced modeling tools. Mm-hmm. So well, you know, what's your favorite thing about what you do in the course of a day or a week or a month? I love – I'm one of those nerdy guys mm-hmm. that just loves looking at numbers, really. You know, not many people can say that, but um, – I think what's great is we have these systems now where we can pull data from everywhere on everything. Uh, you can even pull in biometric data. And to be able to just take a large set of data and kind of look at the story underneath, and then we can kind of see what's actually happening and relay it back to uh, organizations. So prior to that, one of the things that we always talk about at McGowan Bremner was reporting, which was mostly what happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that data analytics and predictive modeling does is it kind of unpacks what happens yesterday and starts to predict what's off into the future. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that uh, is interesting in that is, you know, thinking about your role, you had a reporting role and then a data analytics role, kind of unpack maybe the difference between those two and which one you like the best and why. Well, reporting is interesting because you can kind of – um, I kind of compare it to the stock market. You say you can look at historical results at, of stocks. You can do the same with a, an organization's healthcare costs, um, but it doesn't really help you as much as as when you look at the data analytics, where you can look at actual health risk. You can look at the diagnosis details, and and our computers. We've developed these software models where we can accurately predict the costs in the next near future. Yeah, great. Fantastic. No wonder you work for McGowan Bay Vendor. That's a terrific answer. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Now this is a generational question. So you're here in this workforce um, and our clients. You're out, out mm-hmm. interfacing with our clients. So you're working with all different generations. So you're working with Scott and I, working with the folks back in your space with our clients that are sometimes older than you, sometimes not. So what's your experience or observation in working with other generations? I mean, what do you... We, we have a lot of things we could say about millennials, good <laughs> and bad, right? Some are some are truths and some are perceptions. But what what's your observation from where you sit? Well, at the end of the day, I think really the, my main goal is to figure out whoever I'm working with, whether it's a client or um, a colleague, what's the end goal? What are we trying to achieve? And kind of seeing how they work, communicating with them, see how they work, what works best for them may not work best for me. See if we can find some middle ground. Um, my generation were always on mobile, always using, you know, text messages to communicate. May not be the case for, you know, an older generation. Yeah. So have you found no names, but have you found someone in the building where you're like, I sent them a text or I stopped over to see it. Like, is there someone you're like, if I want to get this person, I know I have to communicate this way. Like, have you found yes. a couple of tricks? Because let's face it, the person who runs your group is two generations probably ahead of, you know, in terms of getting ready to retire, right? Mm-hmm. So how, you know, is that your interaction with that person different than your interaction, say, with, with Jordan, like we were just talking about? It is. And I think it 
it, I don't think of it initially, but it's in the back of my mind whenever I'm speaking with someone maybe a couple of generations older or, or something like that, see where they're coming from, what they're used to. People don't necessarily like change. They don't like moving forward. So uh, just kind of taking those baby steps and, and seeing what, what they're used to. So, okay. yeah. You know, one of the things that each generation um, has a, kind of a bucket of fears, right? So what, what they were afraid of. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in the world where the Cold War was something that really scared me. The only time I saw Russians was like at the Olympics. Right. And it was just, it was scary. I mean, one is we didn't have the internet. We didn't have this global media format. And everything we heard about this country was... Uh, negative. It was very negative. And so that was my fear. So growing up, your generation, like, well, what, what well, was your biggest fear? My biggest fear wasn't, let me put, put it this way. We grew up, we witnessed the housing market crisis. We wish witnessed the recession and, and our economy just kind of hit the downfall. And so going forward, people my age, we know that we got to be careful about our financial future um, and how we're going to impact uh, our future. We don't want to take any steps that could impact that. So I think when it comes to benefits at an employer, looking at just overall student loan help or, you know, health insurance isn't necessarily on the top of the list for maybe people my age when it comes to looking at employers. Um, it tends to be like paid time off, flexibility. Um, it's the, there's these um, big Companies out in California, Silicon Valley, Netflix, Facebook, Google, very notorious for their very generous perks and having on-site cafeterias and Netflix announcing that they're going to do 12 months of paternity leave for all employees, male and female. And it's kind of – they're kind of leading this, this trend of it's trickling down to smaller employers who – um, are trying to hire younger generational employees because that's a big driver and pull. Yeah, so. that's interesting that you say that because we, you know, we, our clients that we serve obviously employ all different generations. And if they are statistically like the rest of the marketplace, they're employing 20% millennials. Mm -hmm. And that number will just continue to grow. And so when they're thinking about just, you know, benefit strategies, that's what we do. And we're thinking about how to talk to them about that. Um, you know, health insurance just, like you said, it's just not that, that important of a thing. And at the same time, it's interesting that you mentioned you're risk averse, that you're planning for your financial future, which mm -hmm. most young people we think would be carefree and, you know, this is the time to live. And, and I'm so surprised about how conservative the values are. I think, I think we almost have to be. I'm, you know, tons of people my age graduate college with thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. And so if you don't make a plan as you graduate, um, it's going to be harder and harder for you every year. You know what's interesting, too, about that is one is, let's face it, a lot of companies um, are led by older people. Mm -hmm. So what they offer is what they know. Or what they value. Exactly, what they value. So, that you know, one, it's great insight. So to our listeners, uh, obviously, if you're in charge of benefits or you lead a company or you own an organization – and I would encourage you just to talk to your millennials in your workforce and find out, you know, what's what's important to them. I mean, hearing things like pay time off is, is on the top of the list. And uh, I, I read in the best places to work across the United States in Fortune magazine that one of the biggest perks out there right now that's most attractive to millennials is help me pay off my student loans. Mm -hmm. 
PricewaterhouseCoopers just announced um, yeah. they're going to pay $1,200 annually for six years um, as a part of their way of trying to retain and attract top talent. Which yeah. I saw that. So that brings us to another question because millennials, I mean, I've worked here for 28 years. It's all I've ever known. Yeah. Uh, and they say millennials or your generation or um, even my kids' generation will change jobs every seven years. They'll have seven jobs. Uh, over the lifespan of their career. My dad had one. Uh, my grand, my grandfather worked at NCR. Had I, I've a job. had two, right? Yeah. One for 17. I've been here 10. Probably my last my last stop. So uh, So what would keep you at uh, what would keep you at MB for 28? Well, this is this years? is the 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 great part is when people my age are initially looking for jobs, they're maybe not looking at the health insurance benefits or the 401k benefits. Um, they're looking at maybe more the uh, the flashy items. But when it comes to remaining an employer at an organization, I think it really comes down to the culture that they experience. Um, health insurance then plays a bigger part because they realize mm, all these other places I'm looking maybe not may not have as rich benefits. I may have to pay more. And so I think those items right there will keep employers or employees, excuse me. Gotcha. Um, but getting them in the door, it, it is, it's a tough time because people jump ship my age you know two three years it's not uncommon and it's probably not it's going to stay that way um so it, it's put a lot more pressure on human resource departments to hire and um reduce turnover so yeah, yeah good answer so that's interesting to me that you know I, I would never have thought about changing jobs but like you said we see it happen quite often and it seems like this is a pretty, even though there's a lot of shared values and common themes with millennials, there's also a lot of individuality, mm -hmm. right? So what's important for you um, in order to keep you here might not be important to the next person. So one person, it's a little bit more pay. One person, it's a little bit more paid time off. So w what's your advice for a, a, a manager, a leader, an employer on, I mean, we can't, we can't customize 150 different benefit packages. But what's your advice on how to serve your generation? It, it almost comes just down to getting to know your employees as well as you can. You know, it's, it's going to take some extra time, maybe some extra effort to get to know your younger employees. Um, but we really truly value that, loyal to that. Um, employers that we can trust, managers that we can trust, you know, it goes a long way. Um, so getting to know it is it's difficult when you have a large group and it's going to become an even larger um, that you just have so much different specific needs um, because we're able to satisfy and instantaneously gratify any other needs that we want. You know, if I want to go and search for a DVD on Netflix or a book on um, online, I, I can do that within. Five you know, minutes. it's so funny you bring that up. So <clears throat> I grew up in a generation I had three television channels. Mm -hmm. Two, seven, and... 45. Uh, we got 45. 45. Well, if you got 19, you were like the cool kid. Oh, in yeah, 19 was awesome. WKRP was terrific. in Cincinnati. And so now, like, you know, I'm a big fan of Deadliest Catch. My wife likes Scandal, so we'll watch these shows, and, like, we'll, the family will be doing something, and, hey, it's like, hey, the show's on. And my kids are like, like, you get duh. <laughs> it's on, like, it's DVR. I'm like, yeah, but it's nine. It's like, yeah, but it's DVR. Right. I mean, so the access to technology. So let me ask you a question. So I, I, uh, I need something from you. What's the best way to communicate to you? Text message. Yeah. Do you have a home phone? No. Uh, no. So a landline out the window. Do you have a landline? 
I, I think, do. So I don't do even. I. We, it's okay. We, I, I think the reason that. why you'd probably do is because it's it's bundled with whatever your cable. I pay is for it. Yeah. I pay extra I pay for, for it. Too. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like that's my phone number. So what about <laughs> voicemail? On your phone. Oh, that's a good. That's a good question. Yeah, it's weird with my generation about uh-huh. leaving voicemails. You know, many people will call, mm-hmm. even if they do call. Um, don't leave voicemails, and we'll just send you a text message. It's so, interesting. It's funny because you won't even listen to it, will you? Uh, I do, but yeah, most of the time. Yeah. Go on. What about email? Um, all the time. All the time. You do yeah. email. Okay. All so. The, all the time. Do you have a personal email and a work ma- email, yeah. or you just have one? I have multiple personal emails and a work email. <laughs> do, you, do you have I, one email? I have my work email, and I have a personal email, but I don't even know how to access it. I'm with you. <laughs> and it's like, I'm sure the, the storage is full. I can't even yeah. get to it. It's some web mail. So yeah. what about meetings? Um, how do you feel about meetings, like at work, if, we're at, you know, if we call a meeting and it's going to be an hour long? Like, how does that feel for you? I think it's got to be... With smaller organizations, it probably works well. But what you see with, you know, these large, maybe public companies, meetings are the biggest downfall in getting anywhere and and doing anything. Um, I was reading online that if there's anywhere more than four people in a meeting, someone's not going to be able to make it. It's going to get delayed. Things are going to be pushed back. Um, But face-to-face meetings, I still believe, get the most majority work done. You really get to do do a lot of work there. So you prefer face-to-face if you have to have a meeting? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I have kids. I think you know that. I have twins. They're going to be 14 next Monday. Wow. And they'll be freshmen in the fall. And I they drive me crazy because they're teenagers. And so I'll say to them, hey, you know, what's your ride for this blah, blah event later? I don't know. I'm like, well, pick up the phone and call Mom, nobody calls anybody. And I'm like, well, yes, they do. I'm like, just call. No, I'll text them or I'll IM them or I'll Snapchat. What is all of that? Why won't people talk? I mean, I know they're a little bit younger than you, but it, I know that probably spills over into your generation. I don't even know what Instagram and Snapchat and there's some like new new ones out there. I mean, yeah. are you guys using these to communicate? Oh, gosh, yeah. And it there's actually a really interesting podcast out on iTunes where um, on This American Life where they look at what's behind when um, people comment on other people's Instagram. There's meaning behind it. Um, that's a little that's a little younger than me, but there's, you know, lots of different meanings going on. It's all kinds of different platforms where people are communicating with to share what they're doing, to share where they are, who they're with. Yeah. So, so oh, go ahead, Scott. No, I was just going to say there's just, just this perception in your generation. You're spoiled. Everybody got a trophy. Um, you know that kind of stuff, and, and my generation heard heard this the same thing. You know that you know, my grandfather's generation fought in the war, and we'll have no other generation like that before. And I mean, be honest with you, I mean, I was your, I didn't like it. I thought, you know, I think I'm better than that. I, you yeah. know, I think I can do something that matters. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciate your feedback, and especially you know hearing as an employer for millennials. What I heard is. Um, a cause is really important. So our mission here at McGowan Brabender and Vision, we've been talking about, um, and I'm a big believer in the five senses. So when you can get people connect with eyeballs, you know, mm-hmm. obviously listen to it, but ultimately feel it is really important. Dave's got a question up there. What, what was your favorite TV show growing up? Favorite TV show growing up? Yeah. Oh, man. Did you even watch TV? Or were you oh, like gosh. stuck behind yeah. a tablet? Okay. Yeah. Um, probably Full House. 
Oh, ouch. you know what? <laughs> ouch, my daughter watched that. Good. All, this, Why? This, this, Why Full House? I don't know, you know? Oh. It, it was just all the different characters that they had. Yeah. You know, Saved by the Bell. Ouch. Another good one. I don't yeah. even know that show. Where I'd wake up I? every morning before school and watch an episode. Yeah, what was your favorite show, Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm going to show my age, but... I mean, growing up, I really loved to watch the Brady Bunch. And we always came in on, I think it was Sunday night for Hee Haw, I'm telling you. And I grew up in Kettering, not in the farm. But those are the shows we grew up, uh, my three sons, who watched that show. I don't know, just all family. And I really love I Love Lucy. So Dave loved Chips, apparently, and that was his show. Eric Estrada was your, was your fan there, I guess. I'm kind of the same way. I mean, it was, it was, it was, was uh, no, I did definitely the Brady Bunch. I was a big fan of Gilligan's Island. I oh, loved I loved it. that. And then growing up, do I liked Happy Days. Shows? Do you even know these shows? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. And they were just fun. And what I hated, I did never liked Laverne and Shirley. Oh, no. I've never heard of that one. Yeah. Because <laughs> my parents always made us go to bed after Happy Days. And you've um, never heard of Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. You're not missing much. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, the love yeah. boat. You ever watch Gilligan's Island? I've watched a couple episodes. All right, all right. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, so that's how, a blast from the past. Oh, yeah. That'll definitely make you feel a little bit old. So if you're listening to the show and you had a favorite TV show growing up, send us your generation and your favorite TV show. Um, you can email that to Ann at HealthierBirthdays.com or Scott at HealthierBirthdays.com. So as we kind of wrap up here, one, thanks for tapping us on the shoulder and okay. saying I'd like to talk. Um, I, uh, I'm grateful for that. Absolutely. And we are as an organization. But as other organizations are listening, what advice would you give companies about your generation and about Matt and how do I keep people attracted and don't to be, the organization? Don't be afraid, afraid to get creative. Um, the way you talk to your younger employees may not be the way you talk to your older employees. Don't be afraid to um, get on social media, make some videos, um, text messages, be, just be a resource. Um, to the younger generation of employees, you know, we will reach back. We're always constantly on our line, online and, and messaging. What advice would you give to McGo and Bray Bender? Um, that's a good question. Yeah. To really embrace the ideas that the younger people have, uh, we're we're not afraid to to share our ideas, um, but we definitely love thinking through tough problems and coming up with solutions using some technology that maybe other people may not know of. Yeah, I would think for sure we trust you enough. I'm not sure we ask enough. Is that fair? Absolutely fair. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's really fair. Good. Well, yeah. thanks so much hey. for being here. No, We're so happy for to, having me. to get to, to talk to you in this setting. And really, I hope that this is valuable for those that are listening because we know those millennials are in your workforce. Yeah, and go to healthierbirthdays.com and we'll go ahead and put some resources out there in regards to generational thinking. We've got some resources out there in regards to benefits uh, and generational thinking about how to communicate uh, benefits uh, to folks and some just th some additional information. So um, really appreciate your time. Thank Thanks you. for being here. Thanks, Thanks for our listeners. And have a great day. Thanks for listening and opening your mind. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach us at scott at healthierbirthdays.com. Or Ann at healthierbirthdays.com. We hope you'll join us next time on, on Side, Side Effects. Effects.